There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I have strong opinions about clothes, obviously, and I think that it's part of a, like a feminine nature to want to decorate yourself. Hi, I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter. Where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers, and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Monica. Where are we? We're in NY to the fucking sea. New York. Overlooking the East River, or is that the Hudson? I don't know. But we are very excited to have one of the most important people uh, in fashion in New York on the podcast, I would say. Monica and I came over um, for to get some interviews, and we managed to secure... One of the most exciting people I think we've had on the show because the Met Ball is on Monday. Yeah, and so we wanted to come over here because really important people are in town or doing some really important prep work for the Met Ball because we all know the first Monday in May is a really big deal in the fashion world and in the celebrity world. And our guest today marries those two worlds. Yeah, she stars so many people that we all know. Sienna Miller, Michelle Williams. Margaret Robbie. Rachel Weiss. I mean, some of the most um, fetid, uh, stylish celebrities. She is the brains behind that operation. And we had a really interesting conversation with her, which went from everything from how she started her career working for Anna, how, what that was like, to how feminism comes into play when, when it comes to fashion and yeah. the Time's Up movement and all these different things proving that there really is much more backbone to clothes than what a lot of people often give them credit for. I loved, loved our talk. I loved it Can't too. Can't wait to share it with you. Indeed. So without further ado, we give you Kate Young. Da, 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 da. So why is the Met Ball so important to the fashion industry for our non- fashion industry listeners. I mean, you know, I mean, Anna's so important and Vogue is so important and the Costume Institute is so important. And it's like every designer gets a table and they get to dress a muse. So they really get to go for it. There's a theme. So it gives people a little bit more freedom to be wacky instead of always trying to look so perfect. And I think this is a little bit of a dead zone for awards. You know, like we're not getting summer movies yet. So people are hungry for some red carpet. I don't know. I guess that's why. And why would you say the 
this red carpet is different to other red carpet. Like, why is it different well, to Cannes? there's Cam always a, theme, Academy Awards? a goofy theme. Right. Um, this year it's camp, right? It's camp. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's so many celebrities in one place. Like, in a way that the Oscars isn't even. You know, like, the Oscars, they have to get nominated. This is, like, all different layers of celebrity. It's music. It's fashion. Like, there's, you know, Lauren Santo Domingo will be there. And, like, Lily Aldridge. It's models and socialites and actresses Rihanna. and Rihanna. You know, like, it's, it's all yeah, of those Yeah, everyone things. famous who we care what they wear. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And all mingling together. I agree. That's, it's yeah. like the power of putting them yeah. all in the same room and thinking, whoa, she's talking to her. Mm -hmm. Like, it's mad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it so exciting. <laughs> so you're kind of known for connecting, well, celebrities yeah. to high fashion houses mm -hmm. um, and for transforming young stars into like full-blown fashionistas. I'm thinking of Selena Gomez yeah. with Louis Vuitton. Mm -hmm. That's your brainchild, right? Um, so what's the, what's the technique? Like if you take a young budding star and you're going to start dressing them. How do you know, first of all, what style direction they should go in? Because you're obviously cultivating this with, along with them. Like, mm -hmm. do you just see it in one flash? Or are you like, you are going to be a Vuitton girl? And do they no, come no, to no. you? Yeah. Okay. So it used to be before Instagram that a celebrity's PR person would hire me usually. And people didn't really know what I did. Instagram has been like a really interesting game changer yeah. for my career. Because now usually celebrities hire me. Like what will happen is their PR, if they're not super into it, their PR manager will give them a list of stylists and they look on their Instagrams and they decide who they like. So it's changed my relationship with my clients because they're actually choosing me. It's not this passive mm. sort of blind decision. Um, but it also makes it possible for me to show my work. Like before mm. celebrity styling um, wasn't something public like I had an agent, but they'd only put my editorial and advertising on the website. They wouldn't put red carpet pictures. So people would know, like, in a very vague way, like, oh, yeah, she dresses so-and-so, but they wouldn't connect things to outfit. me particularly. And then I think, like, you know, Rachel Zoe did this show, and people now know what a stylist is, and they see what the work is. And um, would so you say that it, Rachel is one of the reasons that has become more of a mainstream concept? Like well, yeah. I mean, she had that TV is. show. And yeah. I think before that, I remember, I mean, I worked at Vogue for years. And I, my family would look at me and go, what do you do exactly? Do yeah. you write? And I'd be like, no, I don't write. And for a long time, I was a market editor. And I'd say, like, the editor picks clothes. And my job is to get them and return them. And that sounds so dumb and simple, <laughs> and it's so complex. Um, it's a and real And then art. when I was an editor, I was like, so I do the pictures in the book, like the front of the book, because I got a promotion, and I'm not old enough to do center of book. And they'd be like, so you take the pictures. No, I don't take the pictures. Do you do the hair and makeup? No, I don't this do that. This is so familiar. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it's just like this very confusing, I pick the clothes and sort of set the tone for the image means nothing to nothing most yet. people. And then Rachel did this whole show about it and everybody knew what it was. And was, you know, she's a captivating person to watch. So it made us all more interesting. Um, I think. I, I agree. D definitely. As you've actually brought it up, because we were going to ask you this later, but mm -hmm. so you started your career, if I understood correctly, right out of the university, 
you were Anna Wintour's mm -hmm. assistant. Mm -hmm. Well, one mm -hmm. of, aren't there several? Well, now well now there are, I think, four, yeah, but four. there were two when I did this it. This is like okay. induction yeah. by fire. How, what was that like as a first job? Well, you know, I mean, I loved it. I thought that job was the best. Yeah. Like, I, I have a very weird relationship to that job because I went to university. I, I lived in England for a while, and I hadn't lived in New York ever. Um, I came here a lot as a kid, but I got the job and I moved to New York. I didn't really know my way around so well. I didn't have tons of friends here. I just kind of got this job and moved here. And I had a driver. My job was like <laughs> shopping and like running errands. And it was divine. Like she'd be like, go to Hermes and pick up four beach towels for Mr. De La Renta for a gift for when we stay at his house in the Dominican Republic. And I'd be like, yes you know like I'm going to Hermes wow. to spend $1,500 and they're all going to be nice to me and I get to like swan out of Hermes with orange bags and get in my chauffeur driven oh my car God, it's every girl's dream you know it was so fun it honestly it was really fun so she so Meryl Streep was exaggerating she's not uh she's not well, scary yeah she's scary she's very like minimal you know she doesn't say anything that doesn't it's what she doesn't say yeah like it's intense you have to be sort of Okay. On your toes the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So you ended up working your way up through US Vogue. Yeah. Uh, and you ended up as sittings editor, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like something that maybe we could explain to people what the sittings yeah. editor does, because yeah. potentially that was how you first was that how you first came into contact with celebrities? Yeah, that's yeah. I mean that's how I started styling celebrities. So I um, in your questions that you sent me yes. before you asked me about photographers and yeah. and um, when I was an assistant at U.S. Vogue, we worked with Herb Ritz a lot, and Herb Ritz loved me, and, like, we just clicked and got along, and, like, the big break in my career was that, basically, we had to shoot some celebrity on Mother's Day, or some, some like, real deal-breaker holiday, you right. know, Vogue is all women, and they're all mothers, yeah. and nobody would do the shoot, like, and, Anna called Herb and was like, nobody wants to do the shoot. It's a holiday, or it was like 4th of July. It was something ridiculous. And he was like, well, just ask Kate. And apparently, according to Herb, she said, Kate who? And he was like, Kate Young, Tawny's assistant. And so that was how I shot like a center of book story for Vogue, because I was like, uh, yes, you know, I'll work on Christmas Day if it's like for center of book Vogue. You know, I was 23 at the time or 24. Yeah, wow. Um, and that was the transition for me that I shot for years, like every single picture that wasn't a fashion story in Vogue, I shot like people jumping rope, therapists in their office, like the lady architect of the moment, the like diet picture, like I styled all those pictures for years. Yeah, yeah so you really got to know people and I think that's what this part of the job is a little bit, because it's different to style, styling editorial. For people yeah. who don't understand, like the difference between putting clothes on a model and clo putting clothes on a real person is a really different thing, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. How I mean, well, that that was that was how I got celebrities is that I was doing all these upfronts, which are like the young celebrities who aren't that important yet. They're like the new up and comers, and I would style them, and they liked the clothes, and then I would loan them. I would facilitate them getting like a dress for their premiere. And so that's how my whole side gig of celebrity styling started. But, you know, real models are, 
you know, 5'10 yeah, and yeah. up. They're so thin. They're so young. And they don't have any... Their opinion about what they're wearing is irrelevant. Not, uh, yeah, right. It doesn't matter. And real people care how they present themselves. They have an idea about their own self-image. And usually they're not 5'11 and 105 pounds. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, so, so can you talk us through the, the whole process? Like how, so you would, you would meet or a young celebrity or actress or whoever it may be will come to you and say, I have all these appearances. Mm-hmm. So how, how then do you turn that into Oh, you want to go magic? back to the, the very first yes. thing? So what usually happens is we like have a date, we have like coffee or lunch or something. And I ask them a series of questions about like, you know, everybody has weird quirks. What colors do you hate? What do you not show? What part of your body do you hate? What part of your body do you love? But then I also ask them um, whose style they like, like in any era at any time, because you have to kind of figure out people's own what they're into. This sounds so fun. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, you have the funnest job in the world. I mean, it's really hard work, but it also sounds no, so fun. No, it's really good. My job is not, I mean, luckily I'm successful enough. I have a bunch of people who do all this shit work. Oh, it's so great. Cool. Because <laughs> yeah. your roster includes, I'm going to name drop here yeah. for you for a second, <laughs> just so that people get the picture. Margot Robbie, Dakota Johnson, Selena Gomez, Michelle Williams, Rachel Weisz, who I just watched yesterday in the favorite <gasps> the movie, film the best. and she is magnificent. Sienna Miller, Nina Dobrev, Sophie Turner, to name a few. This is yeah. like the biggest stars right now. And apparently all those good needs is for Kate to come in and they'll be getting a big ambassadorship for one of the big, like, <laughs> I've heard on the grapevine that when a girl starts working with you, that's when they're going to be nailing a, a big deal with one of the big, big fashion houses. The real houses. fashion houses, yeah. <laughs> so, like, let's just, okay, let's just take a step back here. So everyone, all our listeners are getting the picture. First of all, is it like, because I think a lot of people would want to know this, I think I kind of know the answer, but I'm asking on behalf of... I, my sister actually wanted me to ask this. Do, are, are these women allowed um, out in public without you approving their outfits? Yeah, I don't do street style. Okay, ever. I, uh, during press tours, I do. Uh-huh. So promoting a film or something. So when they're doing press tours is when you... If you think about it, if somebody doesn't have a movie out, you usually don't see pictures of them walking around. Mm. Unless they're like one of those people who are always in the tabloids, and I don't do a lot of them. Um, so I do their airport outfits and their street style outfits airport when outfits. we're doing. Why are airport outfits photographed so much? Because you're oh just stuck in a crowd and if you can't. Have you ever flown with a celebrity? <laughs> it's like the worst. How do they know they're at the airport? Sorry, I sound really dumb, but. I don't know, but I'll tell you that, like, when I get off a plane with a celebrity, there are usually 20 to 30 photographers standing waiting to watch them walk out. Do you think the people on the airline tip them off? Yes. Oh, I'd never thought about this. And do they get a cut for that? I assume so. I have no idea. Is that how? Yes, it must be. It must be. Hmm. Maybe a crew switch. It's crazy. I feel like you start to understand why, like, I don't know, like Alec Baldwin is beating up photographers outside of his apartment. Because honestly, it would be enough to make a like sane person go completely. No, I know they they like 
so with most of my actresses, it's pretty normal, but like with Selena, right. the paparazzi is, are crazy. Right. Like I had an assistant who was like pushed over. Like you can get physically yeah, yeah. hurt traveling with Selena very oh, easily I... because it's like a mob. Yeah. And they're, they push and they'll hit you with their cameras and they, they hit you with stuff to get out of the way. And it's scary. Like when you see people, I, I understand it entirely oh. because it's actually dangerous. Yeah. And a lot of the time, the people who are getting trampled are the people who are like the, the celebrity's best friend or their makeup artist who's been traveling with them. You know, when you yeah. go on a trip with somebody for three weeks, you really care about them. You're bonded to them. You don't want to see them get knocked yeah. in the head with a 50 pound camera. Sure. So like, that's why they get upset. I, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I listened to Kira doing an interview saying that like she it gave she had to like remove herself from Kira Knightley. Yeah, because she said that like it got so bad for her the paparazzi people got obsessed with her and it was just at the time where Amy Winehouse and Britney were having their mm -hmm. breakdown so the paparazzi got obsessed with getting women having a breakdown moment so they would yell at them to try and get That's a reaction. So yeah. And she said like I would walk out of my house and have all these like middle-aged older men screaming awful things at me yeah hoping to get me bursting into tears or something because that's what was selling to the tabloids and she couldn't go yeah. out in public she couldn't do red carpet anymore because she was having so much panic attacks of having to be in front of cameras it's like horrendous to listen to these stories yeah but that's also why i think your job is so important because to make a celebrity feel good it's like armor. Yeah. because yeah. that is what like why it's, it's so important to play the clothes, the clothes you know like yeah. because you people know. Are like why do you need to like because like the clothes become something that yeah. My, yeah, my armor, I It guess. helps them be the public face of Do you them. talk about that with the girls? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we talk about the character they're going to play during the whole press tour. You, you know, I mean, anybody would do it. If you, if you were going to even think about if you're packing for a holiday, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I want to be tropical. Like, mm, I want to yeah, be I like Chiquita this. Banana, and I'm going <laughs> to get a yellow bikini, and I'm going to get this. So, like, I kind of try to get that energy around a press tour. Like, you might not know that, like, the whole press tour is inspired by this one moment or this one picture we have, but I want there to be sort of uh, an alter ego who's part of the whole tour. And it helps hair and makeup to be on the same page. It helps everybody to have the same kind of vibe and mm. gives them a part to play. That's really Do you have any crazy stories that you're allowed to share? About what? I don't know, of like something that's happened like <laughs> minutes before red carpet or... Like any disasters? I had a disaster where, where a dress was uh, altered like four inches too tight and wouldn't oh. close, like not even close and to closing. And that would upset you so much. Yeah. I, when I try on a dress that's too small, because it, it, I've I mean, grown out of it, I'm like, ah! <laughs> it was a disaster, but... It was a big dress, so we cut a wedge of it, and I sewed like this wedge. Do you know how to sew it. really well? No, that's like a terrible thing. If I'm sewing, <laughs> it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> so you're about to steal. <laughs> Do they ever like change their minds last minute, the, yes. the stars, and be like, actually, I hate this dress. Yes. What else have you got? Mm -hmm. But I presume you have backups. Um, I, so now I used to be a little bit more freewheeling with it in award season. I tend to have one backup dress that I use all award season that they're so sick of seeing that's totally safe and boring <laughs> and that they've, I know looks 
totally good. It's flattering and dull. And if anything goes wrong, they can always wear that dress. Mm, that's smart. Like, they won't get best dressed. That's a good life advice. But they advice. won't get any Yeah, it's good life shit. advice though to always have like a safe, Gotta have that easy dress. backup, no matter what mm-hmm. you're going to. I now do this when I go to weddings. Mm-hmm. I bring a backup of something that I know I feel comfortable in just yeah. in case on the day it doesn't you feel, feel right. fat or you some, want your arms covered. Or like suddenly or like, you get there and like the vibe is completely not what you thought it was. Or you realize mm-hmm. that, oh, this is so awful what I'm going to say. That you're like a lot more fashion than everyone else there. Yeah. And so you probably should tone oh, it down I, a that's little bit. To I, I, I adjusted the way I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys, oh, I love Sorry, we're not very <laughs> awful people. <laughs> no, but not everyone cares as much as we do, that's all. Um, what do you say to those who say that it's not very sustainable to be seen every every red carpet, every event, every time you're pictured wearing something different because it's creating kind of like an unrealistic approach to dressing for girls around the world? <laughs> People who say that should like focus on plastic water bottles. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, we don't buy those clothes. Those clothes are all returned. It's not wasted. There's no waste. Um, And I think if you just want to look at drab celebrities all the time, like have some fun in your life. Like the whole point, they're the peacocks. This is like just about fun. It's not about anything more than fun. I always think that I'm being quite sustainable if I borrow a dress from a designer for an event. But the thing (laughs) is, for the outside world, they can't borrow things. So when you're borrowing things because we have the privilege to have access to all these things, and that's why we have so much fun with our clothes, other people have to... Yeah, that's That's how the fast fashion cycle... That's very reasonable of you, Gabby. But, I mean, are really... do people really think that they should live like celebrities? That's insane. No, and that, you, I you think know that's what I mean. I, I think it's think, a completely different lifestyle. It's true. No, no, no. I'm I'm being devil's advocate. Just yeah. Prodding. I mean, I think yeah. that's like the problem with Instagram a lot. Is Agreed. That we all I think, think social media. We all yes, think true. that we need to be living lives that are so true. exceptionally outrageous. And yeah. it's not. And the case. and it's not. Yeah. No, like my mother-in-law said to me one time, like. Do you get jealous being in all these women's houses all the time? Like oh, they all really? have these like insane houses and insane lifestyles. And like, I really don't feel that way almost ever. Mm. Like they're movie stars. Yeah. They're like what the queens used to be and princesses. Yeah. It doesn't like, I don't compare myself yeah. to them even a little bit. It's not a- realistic. But that's probably why you're so good at your job because not comparing yourself allows you to have that amazing relationship with them and objectivity I think I also care a lot less about stuff because I'm so surrounded by it Mm. like my assistant today was like your jeans are two sizes too big can you please take a pair of jeans off the rack and I was like yes (laughs) and then Sienna came in and she was like you look skinny I was like I'm wearing pants that fit <laughs> I'm fat. I just got back from vacation. Kate was just styling. <laughs> like, Kate was just styling through um, Sienna Miller. Sienna just before getting here, which I was fangirling a little bit about. <laughs> hey, Kate. I guess you can't tell us what Sienna Miller is wearing to the Met Ball. <laughs> Give us a an dress. exclusive. A dress. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I tried. <laughs> you guys will see. Actually, this will probably come out afterwards. Sienna always looks great. Thank you. <laughs> Were you responsible for her boho face? No. I'm responsible <laughs> for the removal of the boho face. <laughs> <laughs> the reversal Although, of the boho I face. totally respect Sienna. I love your pirate boots. Lol. You very, can't wear them anymore. Very London. Um, they were very London and of that time. I remember I arrived at Edinburgh University like I, a couple years, a year or so after that Sienna Jude thing, boho thing happened. And we only dressed like Sienna. Yes, yeah, I mean, so she. Even in France, yeah, like, where like those celebrities hadn't, she was the only one that somehow translated to French style because mm. she was so effortless and cool. And trust me, no English celebrity, apart from after that, Alexa Chung has ever really mm -hmm. crossed over. For French people, I mean Kate, obviously, but mm. it was growing but up. But she's so chic. I mean, she is incredibly, so chic. yeah, incredibly. Who are we talking? Wait, Kate, Sienna, Sienna, Sienna. Sienna. Oh, Sienna. Sienna. And it's just uh, this smile. Elegant. She's just so she luminous. She doesn't need me. She just I yeah. help organize things. So that's interesting. So like, there are people obviously who need you to just be calling in and contacting all of the mm. houses and ha they need their, your address and then appealing like, yes, well. the boyfriend when you ask and he says do I look good yeah. in this and they're like yeah yeah and you're like you have to look at me when you answer <laughs> the question <laughs> yeah, exactly. so in fact you're just the glorified husband the boyfriend's always wrong anyway always I always know they just want you to look sexy yeah it's true um, it's true of course, in 2019, we can't really talk about um, celebrity dressing without addressing the Time's Up movement, mm. which led to an all-black Golden Globes and BAFTA dress code. Um, was it all white for that? No, it was all black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All black. Um, was there an all-white carpet at the Grammys? Something like that. I don't know. There was like there was another one that was all white. It was yeah, black, yeah. black for Golden Globes and BAFTA. Um, do you agree with the statement that clothes can truly make a political statement? Yeah, I mean, I think I was sort of, dis I, not even sort of, I was deeply disappointed with the black choice when I first heard about it. I was like, oh, they're going to look like they're in mourning. I think that it's women, like, I have strong opinions about clothes, obviously, and I think that it's part of a like a feminine nature to want to decorate yourself like yeah. if you look in yes. cultures where people don't have anything they make jewelry out of garbage yeah, yeah. you know like I don't think that having an interest in fashion or beauty is frivolous I think it's part of life and enriching to your life so I felt a little insulted by it when I heard a little first about it I was like oh they want to be taken seriously so they don't want to participate in fashion and that is an insult to what I do. But then, you know, when it happened, I thought it was deeply powerful and it resonated with people and it made a very visual statement, which of course I relate to, that, that was strong. So in the end, like I was wrong, um, but I think that it was powerful. Yeah. yeah, it was. And how did you help, did, did you change your approach when you were preparing your clients for this somber moment or was it just how did you make them look appropriate but striking at the same time did you have to like rethink your strategy a bit or your strategy it's not really a strategy you know I mean black dresses are generally something I avoid because they tend to be quieter and it's really hard to photograph them and see the beauty in them mm -hmm. like I think in real life a black dress is often Stunning. the most magnificent yeah. but on, on a red carpet, you lose the, the beauty of it. Bright colors are more exciting a lot of the time. Um, and I think that 
I mean, I'm trying to think who I dressed for that. It was Margot Robbie wore Gucci that was black and um, Natalie Portman wore black Dior. I feel like I dressed somebody else in black too. And I think I just tried to do the job that I always do. Mm. I, I mean, at that time, everybody, there was so much politics of going course. on. We had yeah. like all these ribbons. We had NAACP ribbons. Yes. We had the Time's Up pins. Like it was a time, I think it was a, if you're a left-leaning person in America, it was a super dark period yeah. And, yeah. and sort of everything felt politically charged. So I think. I'm interested that, that you're was, using that in the past tense. You don't think we're still in that kind of period? I think we are, but I think right now we're in a cycle of hope. Like we're yeah. all listening to Pete Buttigieg and we're listening, like we're listening, thinking, oh, there's only 516 days exactly. left or what's whatever. Exactly, what's next, what's next? And yeah. at that time it felt like, you know, there's like stages of grief. <sighs> that was like yeah. shock and horror, period. Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, this, this, this is happening. Exactly. It just and now it feels stuff. like we're, we're all trying to like work towards something more positive mm. now, I, I, at least in my milieu. Um, in terms of just on the subject of women and feminism, you know, I think you're an amazing example of a working mother. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting the way that you transition your career because you did, uh, you were a stylist for Vogue, you did some commercial mm-hmm. styling for brands, mm-hmm. a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you once, I think I read when you had your second child, you decided to go full-time celebrity stylist. I also thought yeah. it was interesting that you said that it was kind of like your dirty little secret <laughs> why? Um, before. Shameful. But, but why? Like, is it because pre-Rachel Zoe it wasn't uh, uh, a respected career? Sure it was, no? No. I think it was because I'm from a New York fashion editorial background right. originally. And even doing advertising was like something you didn't talk about like yeah. we were creative people and you're creating yeah, really that's beautiful why stuff you're so good and at your job it's because you're from that background that you really yeah. stand out yeah yeah i think yeah i mean i mean thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh i think that um i don't know dressing celebrities was sort of like because we were uh, it was about editorial and then you know, when I when I had my first son and went back to work, I just wanted to like get the most bang for my buck. Like if I was going to leave him, I wanted to make the most money and get the most possible sort of result for the least amount of work. So it's like and, your priorities shift when you become a mother. Yeah, and I felt like um, I was never a wildly successful editorial stylist. I was like a moderately successful editorial stylist. And it was hard for me. Like I worked really hard on it and I never was like George Cortina. And um, celebrity styling has always been really easy for me. It's like completely intuitive. People ask me how I do it. I'm like, I don't know. I pretend I'm them. That's how I do it. I just know, like I, I just do it. It's easy. So it made sense when I was going back to work and wanted to keep doing it that I would pick sort of like the easiest road. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wish someone would make a documentary about you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just listening and I, I just want to hear see Did more. you see the THR video? No, what's oh, that? Oh, go on, on YouTube.com. Yeah. The Hollywood Reporter did a video called The Magic Hour on me okay. and I never like anything. Okay, and okay. I'm like... Oh my gosh, I sound smart. You are smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to watch it. Yeah, watch that little video. But 
Hmm. Your podcast has a lot of people saying they don't like the word feminist. I was like waiting for you to bring it up. And I'm very like disgusted by that. I know. I find it. Whenever really I listen, hear people saying like, Alexandra said that in the last that, episode. She's French. That it's word. a very French thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. But that's French people. I'm like, how can you I'm, not like, but there is a slightly different. So I live in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's French and it's true. And Tammy was born in Paris. Yeah. Honestly. Um, so languages go in different branches over time and the word feminism has developed into a slightly different definition mm-hmm. in French just to, in the defense of the French they've also been just not very good at it's yeah. not that they're not egalitarian in terms of men and women mm-hmm. they think that men and women are equal if they're not stupid but right. um it's that they in the past like 50 years now that's turning around again post me too and people are like I am a feminist of course mm-hmm. French people but it, it, it means it doesn't mean I think men and women are equal and should have equal opportunities and women are wonderful for all these reasons it means it only means the aggressive right pushy kind of feminism that is the popular culture definition of feminism I right. still think that that comment that she made was I love Alexandra but it's coming from a place where she is in a very good position business etc so you have to be careful when you throw that kind of comment around when you're listen you're doing very well in a man's world. Everyone's mm. everyone's context for know. considering I mean, these things course. is different, you know. I wonder if it's different in France too because there's childcare. France is the yeah. country that grants people the most support for everything. Yeah, free so, medical. Like if you have more than three and children, and still they're in the streets protesting no, 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 every but, day. But you know, like, Stop. It took me leaving. It took me leaving yeah. France and moving to London to understand how privileged oh, yeah. I was to grow up there. How easy we have socialist. it. We have it's it's a socialist country that yeah. pretends it pretends it's capitalist, but it's not. It's like <laughs> it's proper socialism in a great way. It's like so many opportunities. Like all culture is free. All like schools. State schools better than public but in private schools. Yeah. Free, free like help for mothers. The free crash. cleaners. The crash. people who come Everything. to your house after you have a Wait, baby. Is there and no clean free it. childcare in the United States? No. Metro, metro. The the tube. Canada, zero. You can access None. it. No, no, but yeah, it does. Really. It puts a de- very different so perspective on things. So there's a lot things. less to fight for. Yeah, exactly. How, How can work? people? How can this you is... work with a kid? Well, you have a nanny. Which is not as safe as dropping your kid at the crash. No. A nanny is usually an illegal immigrant who's alone in right. your house, who's not someone trained yeah. and monitored by the state to uh, take care of infants. C'est quoi chanson douce en There's a book that won the Prix Goncourt in France last year. It's this young woman who's absolutely brilliant called Leila Semeni. She's written this book based on a horror story that happened here like five oh, years ago. I know the book, yeah. You know the book. It's called The Perfect <gasps> Nanny. The Perfect yeah. Nanny. In yeah, France yeah. it's called Chanson Doucier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which means lullaby. It I couldn't is... read that book. You couldn't? Mm-hmm. See, we'd, we haven't had children yet, so we can. No. <laughs> Probably won't be able That's to. Not but it really makes you think about, think twice about nannies. Yeah. Totally. So, vive la crèche, but <laughs> yeah, also, exactly. um, what, where are we going with this? Feminism, important, important word. Yeah, but I think maybe it's not important if you don't have those problems. I, right. that, that's what right. I was saying. I think, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's those easy are, to say I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't like the word if, if you're not, it's, yeah. you're not suffering from discrimination yeah. or this kind of thing. Right. I mean, I, 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 because I worked in a, in finance for two years and I was in an all-male office, nine men, all much older than me. I was by far the youngest, the only sort of like fun, pretty 
my nickname in the office was TT, Tiny Tits. And I have a fucking sense of humor. I can take a fucking joke. And I remember the first few times I was like, ha ha, ha ha, banter, England. After like two, three weeks of this, I started getting so depressed about it. And it, I internalized it so bad. And it's things that you don't really think about them until you're out of it. Yeah. And I got interviewed when I left that job. I got interviewed by the Sunday Times on switching careers. They were doing a really random piece on French, French people living in London. I got asked to do it for I don't really know why. And I somehow became friends with the journalist and said that to her in passing as a joke. She was like, oh, why didn't you like it? And I was like, oh, I just didn't, name, I didn't like my nickname. She promised me she wouldn't print it. It came out in the newspaper. No. The next day, the internet was full of articles about me saying, ex Clifford Chance lawyer accuses employer of sexual harassment. My nickname was T. I was like, I am never getting a job ever again. I was 24. I was so freaked out by it. It has, and that has stuck with me because I remember at 24 feeling so vulnerable. Mm. I just, I told the truth. It was like a silly little story and it was not even, it wasn't even meant to be anything. Right. They turned it into this huge story and my, my immediate reaction was like, shit, I am never getting a job ever right. again. So has yeah. that changed now? Yeah. Do you think that today you would... I think the Me Too I movement... Don't. Not, I don't. I think the Me Too so. movement, I know people who work in Hollywood who say they are like not having any women on sets. They're not hiring any women lighting designers. They're not hiring any women Why? PAs because they're scared they'll say something wrong. God. But that's the American way. This guy made a joke, it, it got into the lift with me, and as a joke said, can I get into the lift without, with you without you like me tooing me? And I was like, you did not just make that joke. Are you, are you actually mad? Mm. I, no, they're flipping it round. Yeah. So they're just... Well, men are very good at... I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I just... I had a whole conversation with a table full of people in L.A. who work on films saying that, like, I... all these movies are being made now and they know that there are certain people who might be dangerous and so they only hire men to be around. Great. But Ideal. There are, there are yeah. more and more women producers. Yeah. So I think there is Thankfully. hope. Yeah. So they can just... Reese Witherspoon Only hire women. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting for the cause. <laughs> Okay, guys, okay, it's time for the firing topic. round. Okay. <laughs> Back onto fun fashion stuff after a sober moment. Um, Kate, mm. most exciting up and coming designer today? Oh, the, my answer to this is Victor Glamod because he's my best friend. Good <laughs> <laughs> But he is. He makes some best knits. Oh, cool. Ever. Very cool. If you had to wear one designer for the rest of your life, who would that be? <laughs> this is so mean. <laughs> this is impossible. Like, I read these and I was like, I'm not answering this question. <laughs> I, can't answer this. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know everyone is so like, oh, Phoebe Philo, Phoebe Philo. I fucking love Eddie's clothes. Oh my I God, just, you have a second pair. I, like, I still, I bought a Diorome jacket a million years ago when I first met my husband. So like 15 years ago now, it's still in my currently wearing closet. Like I like to dress in dark, simple, androgynous clothes that are well cut and don't go in and out of style. It's like plain. It's the right silhouette for me. It makes me feel comfortable and at home and sexy. So... Wow. 
one point you're, heading. We've, we've had, you're the second Iggy yeah. fan you know, we've I'm, had today. I absolutely love Phoebe and I'm so inspired by her, but I am 5'3". I'm too fucking short for those clothes <laughs> and those that volume. Like I would be panting watching the show and walk into the store and be like, yes, yes, yes. And I couldn't wear anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. really. I have lots of sweaters. It's for girls like me that are very tall and lanky. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's, and it's, I die over it when I see it. Yeah. It's just like I don't have that body. Uh, best dressed celebrity of all time? Oh, Angelica Houston. Oh, Ooh, good one. Yeah. Very good one. The most memorable show, fashion, fashion show, that you've ever attended. That's easy. Um, Tom Ford, Gucci, where the lights went down and it came up and the song was Nothing Compares to You at like top blast level and it started raining white rose petals and the girls had stiletto heels and when they came back after walking down the runway, the rose petals were impaled on the heels. Wow, wow. And it was like the evening section of the show. Epic. Like, I wept. Best thing ever. <laughs> That's only... Ha- we were talking about crying in fashion shows recently. It's like a rare occasion, it's but it's really me. meaningful. When I happens. cried at Sonia Riquiel once, too. Like, one of her last shows, where all her, like, grandkids came on stage and everyone who worked for the oh. atelier. Oh, I saw And they were all, like, that. dancing. I, I was like, documentary oh. Yeah. That made me cry. Yeah. I watched the film, like the documentary version of that. It was amazing. Le Jour d'Avant, Sonia Riquel. Yeah. Where they did a surprise birthday where all the designers did like a version of her. Yes. Insane. Yes. You can find that on iTunes. It's really good. I was sobbing at Chanel just uh, in... No? You guys weren't crying at Chanel? I shed a tear. I was sitting around I was very shocked. I was with the French press. I was very, very, very shocked. Beside themselves. No, I was super shocked that during the minute of silence, the photographers continued to take pictures. You had, oh, yeah, or from the pit, like you could take, and I thought that was really disrespectful. A minute of silence is a minute of like silence. Yeah. And I thought that it, it really like, it, it shocked me mm. properly. I, I started getting teary when they had uh, his voice when he was talking about the queen yes. at the beginning. And yeah. she, he remembered her saying that wearing his designs was like walking through a painting. I don't know, it's just, <laughs> he's just been through. Yeah. The history, so the amazing. eras. Anyway, did you see Virginia's show this morning? So chic, beautiful. Yeah, I'm so excited. Always <laughs> big Chanel fans. It's very chic. Chanel. She's wonderful. What is, is the best thing about working in fashion? I mean, the clothes. <laughs> and the worst. You know, I mean, uh, shipping. Um, Yeah, also bad for the planet, so yes. (laughs) The most important event of the year is? The Oscars. One trend you will never get behind. Turquoise. I hate turquoise. I'm glad you said turquoise. But I love the sea. The sea is my favorite thing in the world. Same. I don't like it. It's like, ugh, it's unacceptable. I'm sorry. The other one I hate, hate, is cobalt blue. Because oh, I, I associate it with like the only wears Essex. I don't know why. I shouldn't say oh, that. Oh, amazing! So you don't like Essex? No, I'm just. Okay. It's, <laughs> not, it's not that. No, it's like the look. It's the Daily Mail look of like you know you pair like the blue dress with the blue shoes and the blue bag and the blue and it's always. So that you don't blue. like matching. I don't like the matchy 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 look in that really you strong color. You just made me think of something else I hate, which is a nude patent pump. Especially if it has a platform. 
Like oh, they should not exist. <laughs> yeah, right. They should not exist. And the idea that that extends your leg. Oh. Whoever At told people that, it's not true. It's a shoe. It's not your leg. <laughs> like, I, agree. I, I would like to just cast nude tights into that category. Oh, I kind of have a love affair with them. Really? <laughs> yes. I have this whole idea that I want to bring hosiery back. But, but I love other tights. I know, but if it was like a good transparent nude with like a black seam up the back, yeah, you wouldn't wear it. Though. Yeah, but I'm talking about like, like Kate, why do we Kate all Middleton have to go makes around? herself look older than she is in nude tights. Well, but she wears ones that are like suntan. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I meant to make her look tanned. <laughs> It's they just look weird. But it's so if acceptable. there was a piece of hosiery that actually just was like makeup for your legs, so you didn't feel shy about like the inflamed follicle on the front of your shin <laughs> or like the weird bruise on your ankle because you hit your suitcase. That stuff. Really? I, I think mean, everybody does. I'm me, wrongly. so I'm looking, I'm like flaws, right, flaws. All I see is flaws. Like if yeah. you could smooth it out without looking I'm like very lucky I have my legs are not my flawless. Issue. The only part of my body that I like, but I really I do like them. Great so. legs. Check out Cabby at Cabby Charrier's pins. Monica's got great boobs, by the way. Kate, I don't know you enough to go there, so I'm not gonna make a comment. You look great. And I'm sure you can pull off nude tights really well. Great eyes, great eyes. I'm more I haven't you. found this nude tight that I that I love. I just like the idea of one that is good. A good one. Yeah. Well, if somebody out there, <laughs> I know, like Wolford, do you want to do a collab? Yeah. Um, what, uh, what was our? Oh, sorry. Yes. No, no, go, go. One look you will never stop wearing. Um, a navy sweater and black pants, which I'm currently wearing. Yes, you are. Which I wear. Um, 90% of my waking hours. But at least the you. jeans fit today. The jeans fit. We appreciate it. Yeah. We like <laughs> it. Um, in what place are you most inspired? I think um, it's like a really, I have a, a super aversion to white lady self-care, but I, I <laughs> practice meditation. <laughs> and I find that when I'm meditating, not necessarily during it, but when I am meditating very regularly, I have a much clearer insight into things and ideas about things. Oh, I've been trying to get into meditation. I find it really hard. Do, you, do a TM course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go to the... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what is your favorite New York hangout? God, did I write this question? My favorite New York. I mean, it's good. Oh, it's so awful. I'm like really getting into my white ladyness. Um, the <laughs> San Ambrose on Lafayette is like the fashion ghetto, and I have lunch there multiple times a week. Um, but then my favorite hangout really is maybe the coffee shop by my house, where I have coffee with my best friends. Aww. Like this morning, That's like nice. once a week. What's it called? Golda. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the cause you most believe in? Um, Planned Parenthood. Ooh. Me too. You know, That's I my am so one. grateful that I had birth control from the time that I need it. And I don't have any children that I didn't want. And that I think is the number one thing that can change a woman's life and make it not about her own choices. Mm. 
You know, like being able to decide when you have a kid gives you freedom in life. Here, here. Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? This question has been haunting me since I read oh, it. I'm it's sorry. like a life that's I like a life me that, I'm like, question. So you can say fuck off. Sorry, I I, I want that, four right. children and I'm not even I don't even I haven't been single for 5 years. So <laughs> I, I mean, my financial planner always asks me that. So I'm really clear God, on like my fantasy. Well, but it's good because she's like, "Well, what do you want to do in 10 years? Do you want to be retired? Do you want to be working? Do you want to start a business because we need to plan." And um I don't know, like, I don't know that 10 years from now will be so much different from where I am now. My kids will be older, which is crazy to think about. How old about. are your kids now? 11 and 8. So the idea that my oldest son would be 21 is wild. Wow. Um, but I don't think that's not, like, me quitting doing this. I like my job. I don't, I don't hate doing it at all. I think maybe traveling less. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I'm... I feel very like happy where I am in my life. I like my job. I'm really like my husband and my kids and we have a nice house, which is a total um like lottery win in New York City. Um so I don't feel like in 10 years things will be so drastically different. Mm. I mean, I hope maybe in 15 or 20 to be living upstate and like doing more pottery. Uh, less, very, less very, zipping. Good for, very good for headspace pottery apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told that if you can't meditate you go to pottery class I, I do ceramics all summer oh, and yeah. you know what's really good you should take it up if you're addicted to your phone I am. the thing that's good about it is it's so messy that you cannot you touch, touch your phone. phone that's what I need ah. mm. mm-hmm. and you can just listen to podcasts yeah like fashion no filter. Before we let you go and get everybody on the best dress list on Monday, do you have any advice for young aspiring stylists, celebrity or otherwise, things that you can tell people who are starting off and things that you would have liked to be told when you were starting out or anything really? I mean, the thing that I always tell people is that like when I'm hiring people from my office, and I don't know that this is true for everyone who works in fashion, I'm not super interested in people who, who know everything about fashion. Like, I don't really need you to know what Givenchy look number 23 is. I want you to, like, read books and know about art and architecture and maybe be into, like, cooking or horses or something. I like people who are full, and I think that your taste is better when you have a broader interest. You know, like that. And I think that so much about this job is, like, being a good stylist is being someone interesting that people feel confident um, they feel comfortable with and they feel they can connect to and that isn't just fashion no you know that's like movies and art or books or it depends on the woman but like I talk to my clients about so many other things than their clothes mm. yeah of course you know a person is so much more than what they wear and yet it's yeah. such an important part of who you are yeah I think yeah so I think that's like that to me is like the key is to develop like a very rich aesthetic sensibility in whatever way you have to get there so that it's richer than just like the season or now or what's available or what's trendy that's yeah. sort of not important to me that is super advice. advice thank you so much thank you so much for joining us <laughs> thank you. Yeah, on, so fun. especially thank at such you. a busy time i want to so be a celebrity <laughs> 
so fun. We should have done this at my office, but it's really loud. They're building a building across the street. That's why we needed well, to get worry. you in. I'm going to be the, uh, making a documentary soon, and <laughs> you'll be the first person call. That would be so. Oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh my god! Okay, let's <laughs> cut off the mic for yeah. a second. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, okay, I now have a uh, full girl crush. Are we still allowed to use that word in 2019? Girl crush? Yeah, yeah I think you're allowed to say girl wow, crush. Wow, I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with I'm trying with to her. think up reasons for which I could... I mean, I'm not a celebrity, but could, could I have a... Oh. We told her, we were like, can you style us? She was like, okay. Yeah. Just, just talking to her about the whole process and the kind of things that she... It just sounded like such a fun process, something that I would love to experience one day. Yeah, she's incredibly insightful. And it sounds really personal, her relationship with all of her megastar clients. So it means a lot to us, Kate, that you came on the podcast, especially on the eve, well, three days before the Met Ball. And we can't wait to see what everybody looks like on the red carpet. Yes, we'll be glued to the telly. So thank you. Thank you. And we... um, Well, thank you to everyone who's tuned back in again for another episode. Yes. And thanks to all who have rated and reviewed. Please continue to do so. Absolutely. Uh, I have been very bad at keeping up with emails on the mailbox, but I will be going and looking on today. Um, Do continue to send in any suggestions, ideas, um, CVs. Although I will say again that if you do want to work for us, you have to be London or Paris based. We have had so many applications from really really interesting cool people that live abroad and we really need someone on the ground yeah anyway hope you loved the interview and see you next time thanks for tuning in bye and now ladies and gentlemen it's time for a little bonus an exclusive met gala review from poet rapper and fashion pr extraordinaire sophie rosh conti Notes on Camp, by me. A human hamburger and a chandelier, 
A lawyer in a dress made of crystal tears. An Egyptian king held up by a dozen queers. And Anna Wintour had a thought. These are actually my peers. But how did she get to this place of regret after 24 years of toil in organizing this fete? Over two decades, she's been ruling the game, only to end up watching Haley Bieber wear a thong with another man's name. Next year, may we be blessed with subtlety. Cashmere sweater sets worn by one and only Cardigan B. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.